0: John Curley, Sherry Ellicker show with Jack Stein. Thank you, Jack, filling in for Sherry. Sherry back on Monday. Should be a difficult day for her. Probably has already happened. She's three hours ahead of us. She her father passed a number of months ago. He was her, her absolute best friend, and she's been working on the eulogy that she had to deliver, and she wrote me this morning, and I she said, Oh God, I hope I can make it through the whole thing. And uh, I said, you know, she goes, I put some jokes in there to try to allow myself to regain composure because i'm sure i'm just going to be crying through the whole thing i said you know andrew could come down there and be there and mm-hmm. uh, do fart fart sounds and other sound effects to help <laughs> you through it she <laughs> did she say anything about
1: did she put any hand jokes in there so i could come down there and play <laughs> some rim shots
0: something like that i got for time again. we are thank you andrew for that we are just um Two hours away from the big game. I'm not talking about it that big game. I'm talking about the other big game. That's, uh, that's a girls basketball game. Um, boy, you go to a girls basketball, especially gets into the, the playoffs and stuff like that. It's electric in this dance. I mean, just <laughs> moms and dads and cheerleaders and everybody just going crazy. The home team gets an advantage, obviously, but then sometimes the visitors get advantage who cheering louder. Well, that cheering can really, really help motivate the players, right? They can feel the energy. You get all those people in the gym. is just loud. They're banging on the bleachers. It's going to be silent. Just the sound of squeaky sneakers and uh, the ball bouncing and maybe occasionally the, uh, the referee blowing the whistle for a, a on-ball foul or something. But in this case, no fans, no parents, no one's allowed in the gym. Why, Jack? A restriction is
1: related to, or the restriction rather, is related to alleged racist comments by a Gig Harbor player towards a Uh Peninsula player during a game between the rival schools on January 11th. The district hired Ah. an outside investigation to probe those allegations. And then according to the district's statement, they can't talk about it because uh, it's under the advice of the district's legal representatives. So... Uh They don't want anybody there, and only district administrators, coaches, players will be in attendance. I don't. There's a piece missing here, which Mm. is why why they won't allow fans there. And a district spokesperson declined to 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 say why fans aren't allowed uh, at the games. Uh, So it's just kind of bizarre in every single way, shape, and form, John.
0: So the uh, Peninsula played Gig Harbor. Once in January, then they played him again at the beginning of February. So yep. apparently, the alleged um, slur occurred in January, but then they let him play again, right? And now they're going to play; they're going to meet again. I think the last time they played was like sixty-three to twenty something the score. So they're going to let him play again, but in this case, no, no, fa- no fans in the stands. But they said it was a player said something to another player, right, on the court, but. Not having fans somehow is going to alleviate this thing or somehow stop it or mitigate it from occurring again and again when they said they're going to do an investigation they do these investigations there was the other story of Lakes football team uh, planning Stanwood and apparently the the head the head coach of Lakes said the Players were saying using the N-word. Um and then also they heard lots of chant cheering and N-word coming from the stands, the visitor stands, and that the head coach of Lakes told the referees it was happening. Later on, the ref said we never you know no one told us, we hadn't heard it. In order for the players to hear it coming from the stands, we'd have to come all the way across uh, the yeah. across the track, across the players, across the cheering cheerleaders, and everything. And and that story was it was printed in the paper that um, racial slurs, not alleged, but did matter. The investigation later on found that nothing had happened. But in this case, here we go. I assume they go to the lawyers and they say to the lawyers, "What can we do to not get sued?" And mm. so the lawyers like, "Well, we'll let them play, but if we keep the f- if we keep the fans out of the stands." <sighs> Maybe that's the best thing we can do to, because co- lawyers will always do, will always side to cover their rear ends, the, the organization's rear end as best it possibly can. So by not having parents there, somehow you're going to mitigate a lawsuit. You're going to stop stuff from happening. You're going to, it doesn't make much sense, but this is the way they handle it. They have to do something. So there was that. So
1: what, yeah. And there was do? that other. Let's
0: do something. Yeah.
1: There was that incident that happened at BYU where there was that claim that the a member of the girls' volleyball team had was using slurs during the game towards mm-hmm. one of the girls on the other volleyball team. But then that guy filmed the entire like at courtside. He had filmed the entire interaction. It didn't happen one time. And so the what makes this so awkward is that we see these instances pop up, and obviously racism is bad in all of its forms, but. Recently, it seems like the more this comes up, the more that it seems like this is—and I, I hate to use this word—but almost manufactured in some way, or wow. that somebody's feelings got hurt and so they decided to ramp it up to the point where they said, "Well, the, well, actually, they were using racial slurs." But then, in so many of these investigations, that's not the—that's not the case. It just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Particularly with that incident at BYU, where that gentleman released the footage from the game, and there's not even a a, a word of. Of any kind of insult going between the teams, it seems pretty chummy as a matter of fact, so what is this environment now, I guess, John? What do you think this is where when somebody feels like they've been slighted, they immediately go to this was a racist attack against me, or this is someone used a slur or, what, what do you think this is within the society that that keeps
0: occurring? Uh, well, what keeps occurring? they mean the hoax crimes? The hopes, yeah. I guess
1: it's. a I think that's a. Yeah, it's a weird way to put it. I I hesitate to phrase it that way, John, but it seems like it happens a a lot, particularly when it's involving sports, where somebody says a claim was made and somebody threw an insult at me, and it was a racially motivated uh, insult, and then the investigation happens, and it never. It's just a crazy thing. There's never any follow up. Did anybody? At good morning oh, no, 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 america no no
0: no no, no, no. you know what i mean the, the investigations are done the media and the investigations are normally released to the public. The media doesn't cover them, right? The exactly. Tribune, when they wrote the story up originally, they didn't use the word alleged. They just simply said that it happened. And then this is uh, endemic of all the racism that's occurring all the time. You know, it's the same with uh, Juicy, Juicy Smollett, right? And that yes. was, no one has said alleged on that, even though it just made absolutely no sense at all. And by the way, the BYU sports director got up and apologized and said, we're going to work together as a community, better understand this and eradicate this, and we're going to be better about this. And I think it was a North Carolina or a South Carolina, maybe a North Carolina uh, basketball uh, volleyball team said, even after the whole thing found out to be nothing but a hoax, it was just all garbage made up. That a North Carolina volleyball team, college basketball team, said, we're not going to play BYU. And it's like, wait, wait, wait. It's been proven that it didn't happen. The whole thing was made up. But yet you're going to not play them based upon what? Why? Why would you because. not play them? So, but the because. fact was, but nothing happened, but then they, they're not going to play them. And. And I don't know what this story is with this. Somebody uses the N word, which I'm sure a lot of these young women, if you listen to uh, hip hop, it's every fourth word. So should, you know, um, that the white girl said to the black girl, or did the white girl say to another white girl, or black girl said, to, who knows? Who cares? The thing is, is that they decide that this is going to take this investigation. What is the, and they hired an outside investigator. Well, what is how do you investigate something like this unless you're going to have some sort of evidence, which would be, as you mentioned, in the BYU case was two and a half hours of videotape that was watched and they right. couldn't find it anywhere. Um, so the media doesn't follow up on it because they just they like the first story, which is, you know, this is evidence of what a horrible country we are and white supremacists. And, oh, by the way, the FBI should be investigating Catholics. Um yeah, it's the same sort of thing. So they're going to do an outside investigation. Well, maybe they find out that it, it didn't happen. But again, the media will not cover it. But for these girls that are playing this basketball game as they're heading through the playoffs to not have your mom or dad there, by the way, you can watch it at home, uh, on some streaming thing. You can pay 49 bucks or something to have it streamed and you can watch it that way. But this, it's ridiculous. And if you, if you do have a problem, you bring the girls into the locker rooms and you explain what the story is and you say, listen, be better competitors, show some respect to one another out there and don't use these words, you know, cause it's. It's just poor sportsmanship, and it's just ugly. It's ugly, and that's not who you are. Allow the coach and the players to have the relationship to adjust the behavior that occurs on the court. It's about to bring the lawyers in and ask the lawyers what should we do. Oh, well, let's just make sure we don't want to get sued on this. Allow the relationship between the players and the coach to exist. Bring the players and the coaches together away from the media, away from anybody else. You bring them all into the locker room together and you talk it out or something. But let's, let's do what we, let's just shut everything down. Not any parents in there. <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, just absurd, uh, absurd that they do something like that. John, did I ever tell
1: you that I used to be on a swim team when I was in high school? Did I ever tell you about this?
0: Butterback breaster
1: free. Uh free primarily long distance. So I was doing like the sixteen fifty and the eight hundred. So I was going yeah. for you know in the in the yeah, pool for good. like ten twenty minutes. So yeah. we go one time. We're at this swim meet and we're playing or we're swimming at a somewhere in Central California. We're, we get up early in the morning. You know, it's uh, springtime oh, in oh. California. We drive four hours all the way out there to go to this oh, meet. Oh, the stinky and, van,
0: the stinky van. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. In the mm. <laughs> so. We get out there, and it's a heated competition. At a certain point in time, one of the opposing teams starts hurling homophobic slurs at our team. And it just so happened we had a couple of guys who were out on our swim team. Okay. And I remember uh, Coach Conrad, he pulled mm-hmm. us aside, and he said, I don't want you guys to say a word to those guys. He goes, I want you to mm-hmm. swim. I want you to focus on what you're doing. I want us to get – because that's the way it works in swimming. It's like golf. You get a bunch of points. Yeah. And he yeah, goes, yeah. I don't want you guys – he goes, I don't want you guys walking over there. I don't want you guys doing anything. I want no re- retaliation whatsoever. We were like little soldiers, John. We were like, yeah, we're not right, going yeah. over there. <laughs> we're not talking to those, those homophobes, right? And we won yeah. the meet. And I know it's a good story, but I think it, it kind of uh, punctuates your point, John, that that there was a moment there where Coach Conrad Kors, who was a saint of a man, pulled us aside, and he said, listen, guys, here's the deal. Be men about this. Don't be boys. Like, let's handle this like adults. And we did. So no lawyers, right? No, nobody was on the phone with their mom. Mom, come pick me up. Right. It was all like very. And it was a lesson that I now remember. God, what is that? 20 years later, I remember that speech from Coach Conrad about having pride in yourself and and in competition.
0: Jackie Robinson breaking the racial barrier and being able to play baseball and what the fans would yell at him and what the other players would yell and the, uh, the pitchers, uh, taking shots at him, uh, high heat, you know, brushing him back or hitting him intentionally. And then I think it was Jackie Robinson first time at the bat, whatever it was when he came up on the minors, I think he hit a home run that yes, there was racism and yes, people would scream stuff in the stands and nobody would go, yo, dude, that is uncool. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Right? No one would say that. But <laughs> no, nowadays, no. like for example, the BYU thing, it's bring them young. This is a like Mormon college. And you think someone's gonna be yelling from the stands at the ki- at the players, at these kids, these, no. these young women. No. And no one's gonna go, yo, dude, that is awesome. What are you doing? You wouldn't yell it. You wouldn't say it. You just wouldn't. It's this magic word that causes everybody to lose everything if you say it, right? But and the okay, I don't know what happens on the court. Maybe it's a couple of comments if the ref doesn't hear it. But so you and you have to get the girls that might have heard the other girls say it for the investigators to come in. But just on its face, the absurdity of going to the lawyers and saying what can we do to. Allow the 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 basketball game to go on, but what do you recommend that we do? But how how, how can we not get sued? How can we, how can we not get in trouble? Well, don't have the fans in the stands. <laughs> Uh, by the way, that's $300 an hour for that advice. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> thanks. Because, you, because the thing is everybody just takes the advice of the attorneys, right? You just say, well, we asked our legal counsel and they told us to do this. I, I mean, when you turn to your lawyer and go, well, what, what is that going to do? How's that going to stop anything? Gig Harbor playing Peninsula. They've played, this would be the third time they've met. So apparently somebody said some racial slur allegedly. In the January game, and then they met again, I think it was February 3rd or something, and they're going to meet again, right? And in this time, you've got to watch the game from outside somewhere else because we can't have fans in the stands. It's just on the face of it, it's absurd. I hope we you get your money's worth from your legal team there um, that you spoke to. So, I mean, if I were a parent, let me tell you one thing, Jack. I hope you do meet somebody, fall in love and and, and bless with children. It is the most amazing feeling to watch your kid on the court or on the mm. mound or in the field or on the field. It is the greatest feeling in the world. Even when your kid's like seven years old, I used to say to he's like, Dad, why do you cheer so hard? I said, all oh, right. When I see you on the pitcher's mound, he goes, Dad, I have two pitches. Either it's over the head of the catcher or into the head of the batter. <laughs> I go, I know. <laughs> yeah, I get it right, but I'm telling you. When it hits that smack of the leather, he goes, what leather is that? I, right, it doesn't matter. Stay stay focused. Stay focused up on the mound. It transcends every single athletic experience you've ever had. You swimming that long, boring, you know, uh, 1600. By the way, everybody hated yeah. the long-distance swimmers because it was so boring to watch. yeah.
1: Yeah, suck <laughs> the energy Sean. out of
0: hopefully. Yeah, people are like, "Hey, how can I, how can I breathe in more direct chlorine so I don't have to watch the long ones?" <laughs> All right. <laughs> Here we go. By the way, Andrew, have that dump button ready to go because we will be talking about the big game, and I think uh, Jack or myself might slip at some point and mm-hmm. call it something else other than the big game. My finger's on the trigger. I'm ready to go. Got it. You caught me last <laughs> time. All right. It's, I don't know what the fine is on this. thing. We get these emails every year. Please don't call it what it's called. It's a patent. All right. Um, the American People recent survey had seen that the amount of trust in the FBI has declined further. I don't know if we're as bad as we were during J. Edgar Hoover, where the FBI was spying on all sorts of Americans. But they're doing it again. An FBI agent has leaked a memo. Um, saying, well, the FBI is out looking for new domestic terrorists that are going to be tied to the white supremacists, and where are they coming from, Jack? What should we be looking for?
1: Catholics. The <laughs> oh, oh, they got us. They, oh, <laughs> they got the FBI us. got us. They got us. They got you, Nancy Pelosi, Joseph Biden, all you Catholics. John Curley is the is the people they're looking out for now, in particular.
0: And about, about a billion more of us, about a billion yeah. more. But these aren't just any Catholics. <laughs> these are Catholics like my dad always insisted on wanting to do the Latin masses because he knew all mm-hmm. the words because he was an altar boy. So the FBI and the memo that has gone out that was leaked, they were looking for Catholics that did not ex, that have decided to stay with the Latin mass and not go with Vatican II which got rid of the Latin mass and turned the priest around and a whole bunch of other stuff over the FBI. Why, why were they tipped off on this one? And what were they hoping to find?
1: Well, they got a memo that's called radical traditionalist Catholics. And they're basically mm-hmm. talking about the threat that they posed as a potential recruiting ground for ethnically motivated right wing extremism. So, mm-hmm. What doesn't make any sense about this, though, John, is that if if you look at I do a lot of research into white supremacists, it's a kind of a a hobby of mine. I find it to be Uh fascinating how these people are so nasty and so disgusting. And I Uh just from a from an anthropological standpoint, I like to analyze it from a cultural standpoint. I like to analyze it. Uh If you go and you and you look at most white supremacist groups, neo-Nazis, Patriot Front, so on and so forth, they Uh don't like Catholics. They no. don't like him at all because they see the Pope as not being a conduit for God's word, and so they believe it to be some kind of subjugation of true Christian values. Now, I don't think that, but these white supremacists think that. So mm-hmm. when the FBI says we need to start looking out for radical traditionalist Catholics, I'm curious why, why not, but there are already, I'm at a loss for words, there are already groups out there <laughs> that have names. And they have organizations around them, and they and they do terrible things. Why not focus on the ones that we know about rather than a mass that chooses to give the what is it called? What's the speech called in in, in Catholic Church? John, I don't know. I'm not Catholic. What's it called? The the speech? You know, the way he gets up there and he you know omni Patri, that whole thing. What's that called? Doesn't have homily? a homily.
0: The homily? <laughs> no, not yes, the homily. Yes, thank you. No, but it's simple. It's it's traditional blessings. The the okay. blessing. <laughs> thank you. Like why okay, would you fine. go
1: after why would you go after people who prefer to listen to a traditional blessing versus the groups that we already know about, the neo-fascist groups that we already know about? It doesn't make any sense to me.
0: Well, uh what the FBI did is they took an article from uh Salon, uh, the Atlantic, and then the hyper-politicalized Southern Poverty Law Center and then they decided that they were going to investigate because what they're trying to find out is if we can get some. Then they wanted to recruit some FBI agents to go into these churches and sit through the long Latin masses uh, and watch the consecration of the host and the rest and then report back. Because it's in these churches that these they're being radicalized, right? Um, it was, I think, in 2000, uh, 20, uh, 2001 to about 2008, the FBI decided, hey, we're going to go in there and start to go into these mosques and try to find their radicalizing in some of these mosques. Then they stopped that. They said, eh, you know, eh, it looks bad. So in this case, the FBI decides, oh, we're going to find these white supremacists. And we think they're in these churches because we've read these articles from these uh, left wing um, opinion pieces. So. Nobody, by the way, I looked at Washington Post doesn't have the story. New York Times doesn't have this story. Uh, it's right. just sort of floating around on the fringes in the left. I assume they're not going to cover it. But it's just one more example how the FBI, as corrupt as it is, decides, hey, let's do this, get a couple of FBI agents, send them into these things, have them become friends with people. Then let's watch the social media. We'll follow them on social media, see where they are. Possibly we could maybe get a judge if we lie to this judge. We might be able to wiretap and be able to find out what's being said at the Latin masses so we can find these radicalized white supremacists. You're right. You know, the white supremacists, let's go with the top KKK. I don't know how many guys are still left hanging around doing that. At the top of the list of the KKK, the people they hated the most, number one, Catholics. And two of the reasons. Mm-hmm. One, they didn't like the fact that their leader was in another country. Rome, they didn't trust the Pope, right? And they felt as if the Catholics are horrible people. And because they follow somebody in another country, these are these narrow minded little, these imbeciles that have this idea, this white supremacist stuff, KKK yeah. and the rest of the groups yeah. that you had mentioned, right? But the FBI. Again, on the hunt. This is the same group of people, the same FBI, that went to that Catholic guy's house with his seven kids. And I think they said they were anywhere between 12 and, the wife said, 20 FBI agents with uh, automatic uh, uh, assault or, uh, guns and knocking at this guy's door at like 6 o'clock in the morning, coming into his house and arresting him because he was out in front of an abortion clinic more than a year ago, got into it with this guy, uh, who was screaming at his 12 year old kid, uh, saying horrible things about his father. So he then got in front of the guy, pushed the guy back. The guy fell down and then filed a suit against him, a civil suit against Mark Hawk and, um, Then it was dismissed out of court, but then the FBI decided to go to this guy's house, grab him, arrest him in front of his kids, and drag him out, anywhere between 12 and 20 FBI agents, and then take him and arrest him based upon you cannot stop somebody from entering an abortion clinic. This guy was not doing that, and the case was thrown out within six days. We know that the FBI is after particular people. They have been, I believe, they have been weaponized through the DOJ to make sure that we're sending a very clear signal to anybody who doesn't fall in line with what you're supposed to believe when it comes to abortion, LGBTQ, um, and a few other things, immigration. They say that these people that's, that celebrate the Latin Mass, these Catholics, don't like LGBTQ um, ideology. They don't agree with abortion. They don't like what's happening with the immigration policy, so therefore because they're out of line and out of step with the Biden folks, let's go in there and let's find out whether or not they are being radicalized. So there you go. Yeah, the, By the way, the, you won't see that story in the Seattle here. Times. That won't be in the Times. <laughs> that won't be in the Post or New York Times. they will just wait for that story to simply go away. FBI infiltrating Catholic masses to be able to spy on Catholics. That's the story. Yeah, and the
1: language here is pretty concerning as well. Containing the threat posed by Catholics can be accomplished by cultivating sources and assets within the Catholic Church itself. thats I mean, if I read that about any other church, John, I don't care what somebody's denomination, if I read that about a Muslim church or a, a Christian church or whatever it is, I would say that that's highly offensive in every single way,
0: shape, and form, right? It's pretty, pretty tough to read. I didn't think I thought the Bill of Rights protected us from this sort of thing, but I guess not. All right, um, there's Nate getting people home, getting them around on a Friday because everybody's getting ready for the big game coming up on Sunday. By the way, the Eagles are going to win that thing. so you, know, you don't even need you don't even need a seven-dip dip layer dip, dip bean dip because you're not even going to get through all seven layers. That's how the game's going to be like, you know, whatever my Philly guy. All right. John Curley, Sherry Elliger, show just when you thought it was safe to hug a cow. Not so fast, everybody. (laughs) Not in India. I didn't realize this was going on. Seattle Times has picked up this story that the, um, in India, Hindu, Hardliners would raid shops selling Valentine's Day items burning cards and gifts and chasing handholding couples out of the restaurants and parks insisting the day promotes promiscuity. Uh, Hindu national groups um, said that it raided to help reset the uh, Hindu identity and mm. but and somebody came up with the idea I have an idea it's Valentine's Day so go out and quote unquote hug uh, cow hug day. You better promote the Hindu values.
1: Huh. Uh, I, I'm going to do this in a couple hours, John. I got me a tri-tip. I went to Whole Foods. They had tri-tip on sale. <laughs> got me a tri-tip. And I'm going to be hugging that thing directly into my mouth in about four and a half hours.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Whole the, thing. In, in, in India, so the Hindus, the, the cow is sacred. They stop slaughtering cows. So cows roam around and everything. So... The Hindus like the cows, but then the Hindus traditionalists don't like Valentine's Day. So don't mix the two together. You know, if you want to hug a cow, hug a cow on your own, but don't include it into Valentine's Day. I guess that was the dilemma that they had, right?
1: Yeah, now I'm just depressed, John, because now I'm realizing that, you know, ever since I got divorced, it's like, this is going to be my first Valentine's Day. It's <laughs> <laughs> nothing to do. I'm going to have to call you and Nick and hug and you guys. Hug a, hug a cow. I'll go hug a cow. <laughs> I'm going to have to hug a cow. Maybe I'll text my ex-wife and say, hey, do you want to come over?
0: Have some tri-tip. <laughs> the by the way they'll be talking about eating tri tip we're talking about the hindu religion and the sacredness I'm of sorry. the cow I'm sorry. Bus- I'm sorry and i don't even following um, wait wait do you actually did you actually celebrate valentine's day with the, with the with the misses yeah why yeah. wouldn't why
1: wouldn't i it was a lovely it was a lovely thing that we did for many years before you know she
0: you know did the thing where she you know just leaves you <laughs> Wow. (laughs) Andy, where's that wah-wah sound? Listen. (laughs) Uh, There you go. It's a a contrived holiday. It's a made-up holiday to sell you stuff and, and make you pay like 100 bucks for a dozen roses. Don't get sucked into this.
1: Well, I never did roses, John, but we, you know, we did other. You know, have a nice dinner. You, you know, obviously not beef because we, you know, mm-hmm. but we would have a nice, and enjoyable Valentine's Day, you know, together. And now I'm just gonna have it with my cats. It's gonna be me and my, and I'll call you for sure, John, because I don't have any friends.
0: So Andrew hit it, <laughs> hit it, Andrew. <laughs> I'll
1: call you, and then uh that'll be my Valentine. You can be my Valentine. Uh, no, I don't want to hear, don't
0: call me, don't come anywhere near me, you and your <laughs> cats, and I'll, I'll get a big thing, a cheap piece of frozen meat cooking all day, as my mom used to describe it, as tri-tip things. I, I, I do think it is, uh, it's It's uh fascinating that they they do want you to like the cow, but just don't like the cow on Valentine's Day. And if you have been, if yeah. you've been following the show I am very close. I would say within about a week of buying My Two Cows. Wow. Mm-hmm. What are you going to name them? Oh, My Two Cows is an album I was waiting for to come out. It's uh
1: <laughs> Oh, sorry. <no.
0: laughs> I think. No, <laughs> I no think- uh, I'm going to get the, <laughs> yeah. the s- s- Scottish Highland, the long furry ones. I thought Betty Lou and Susie Lou or something like that. So I'm buying the fencing for it, getting the cows ready wow. to go. And then my neighbor's like, you know, the cougar's going to eat that. Every, every everything I come up with, every neighbor's like, yeah, cougar's going to eat that. Like every idea I have, yeah, I don't cougar's going to eat it. Uh, that, that sounds like some mountain man
1: nonsense. That doesn't sound like if I, the cows are pretty big, cattle pretty big. I don't, I don't think a cougar would want to try to take down two of them in a pen at the same time. I, I'm getting the little cute ones. Mm, okay. Oh, the little you get little tiny, little short, little yeah, about little the size of my cat cats
0: Kind of cow. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. yeah. That's Not so good. I'll send you over the video of the guy that raises these things. And um, so then the one person says, "Well, then you got to get a llama protect the, the cows." I'm like how does a llama scare away a cougar? But apparently, I guess at like cougar conventions, that the picture of the llama comes up on the PowerPoint. They're like, "Guys, I got to be honest with you. You don't want to mess with this thing." But llamas are the things to protect the sheep (laughs) and the goat. You're a llama with the weird hair and the big eyes? Yeah, man. Yeah, of course. Makes perfect sense. It does in the cougar world.